Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us tonight to Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24. We want to begin reading about... uh, Verse number 29, Luke 24, verse number 29, familiar scripture for Bible readers, uh, one of my favorite stories, I love to hear it, love to read it, about the two disciples that had left Jerusalem on their way back home to Emmaus, and uh, they were talking among, among themselves concerning all that had happened, and you remember how Jesus had, had come up to them, now, you know, they they wasn't searching for Jesus. They were just talking about Jesus. But you know that when you start talking about Jesus, he's liable to show up. Um, you know, I think the Holy Spirit loves it when our conversation is about him, about the, ho- about the precious Lamb of God. And I believe these two fellows were, were speaking concerning him, and Jesus come up to them, and he just joined up right up with them. He said, oh, what manner of communications are these that you have and, and you walk and, and you're so sad and, and you know how it went. And, but anyway, we'll start reading at verse number 29. But they constrained him saying, Abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke and gave to them Their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. They told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that, is, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed, not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. 
from on high. Bow with us. Father, thank you for your word. We pray, God, for the unction, the leadership, and the direction of the Holy Spirit now. Speak, God, as only you can speak. Open our hearts to understand the scriptures, we pray. You did it for them, and we certainly humbly beseech you to do it for us. We need to understand, we need to know what it means, what it says, and what it means to us. Help us now, we pray, that in each of our hearts we might be obedient, and as servants, Father, yielding to your will and your purpose. We realize, God, that there's great things at stake here, so we're trusting you for your direction and for your power. Guide us, hold us in all of this. May Christ be honored, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll use the 32nd verse tonight as our text. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? I want you to think tonight about this topic, the voice. Um, I, I vaguely remember that there was a TV show, I think, called The Voice. Um, seems like it was some kind of singing talent contest of some sort. Most of you probably know what it's about, and I'm the one that's in the dark. Uh, But though I barely remember it, there is a voice I do know, and that's the one that I want to speak to you tonight. And I'll suggest to you that if there's no other voice that you've ever heard, you better have heard this one. And I'm glad that he has a voice. Amen? There are a lot of people that don't understand the voice of God. Certainly, uh, when we think about someone speaking to another person, there has to be a speaker, and there has to be a hearer. And for the hearer, there has to be an ability to hear, and for the other, there has to be an ability to speak. And that's typically how a conversation goes. And to, and so most people will judge whether or not you can hear someone based upon that parameter, based upon the fact that somebody can hear and somebody can speak and vice versa. But may I say to you today that uh, God has always been able to speak There's never been a question in my mind, and if you look in the Word of God, you'll find many, many times where it says that, and God said, or, and the Lord spoke, or the Lord said, or Jesus said, all of those clear indications that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost can speak. Now, the question is, is have you ever heard the voice? Has the voice ever spoke to you? Now, I'm glad that in all the things in my life and in everything that I've heard, and there have been some wise people have shared some things with me, and I often bring a lot of those things out in the messages because they, they stuck in my heart and they're in, my, they're in the archives of my memory as those things that are precious and real. And, and I remember the things that some of those great people told me, some of those saints of God that they shared with me in the times when I had needs or I had questions or when I needed a consult or, or some kind of comfort, they were willing to share with me with their voice so many good things. And I, I treasured them and I still use them. And I was telling Brother Dustin about a memory I had just tonight about a precious saint of God that I was, Used to be used to pastor and and you know it it was a comfort to my soul just to think of that man and think of uh, the witness that he had in my life. But I tell you above everything else, I'm glad that Jesus spoke to me one day. Praise His holy name. He spoke to my heart that day in such a way that I'll tell you there was no other voice like it. I, there's nothing uh, can be said of it other than this: that when God speaks to you, friend, you'll not have to ask somebody who was that. 
you'll not have to look around and wonder to yourself, I wonder, was that God? May I say to you, God's voice has a perfectness, it has a holiness, and brother, when he speaks, somebody's going to listen. And I'll tell you right now, what we need in this world today is for God to speak among this people. We need him to resurrect the consciences and the minds and the dull hearts and the lost first loves and everything that has blinded so many and deafened their ears to the voice of God. We need him to speak in a way that awakes the souls of men today. Oh, how we need God to speak among us. I want to share with you tonight just three thoughts from the Word of God, four actually. But I'm going to, I want to share with you three tonight about the voice. And I certainly want you to pay attention to the Word of God because the voice tonight, uh, number one, has power. The voice of God has power. If you ever wondered the kind of power that the voice of God has, open your Bible to Genesis chapter number one. And as you glance down through the first chapter of Genesis, you're going to hear something repeated over and over. I'm going to quickly read to you. I just jotted it down in summary. Here's what the Bible said. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a firmament in the middle of the waters. And God said, let their dry land appear. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and fowl that may fly above the earth. And God said, let earth bring forth living creatures after his kind. And God said, let us make man in our own <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's a voice of power. There's no other voice like it. Brother, God can do anything when he speaks. And that's the very proof in the book we have in the first chapter. When you read that book, I'll tell you right now, we read about the voice of God in Genesis chapter 1. You'll read about the voice of God in Revelation 22. It's the same one speaking. And brother, he's had power then and he's got power now. And his voice will always be powerful powerful it's a voice of power it's a voice of power the bible said that everything that he spoke that day was the very creation that we know and that we love the bible said in colossians chapter 1 verse 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him referring to jesus christ let me say you something right now the voice of god whether it was god that spoke whether it was christ that spoke whether it's the holy spirit that spoke they're all three one uh, brother they you can't be you can't separate the voice one from another it doesn't make any difference which one spoke to you they all spoke to you and you better take heed to the voice of power we read in the bible over and over there ain't no way to preach all this but i just picked out a few things the lord laid on my heart to share with you i'll tell you right now it's a voice of power the bible said when old moses got to the red sea God just said this. He said, you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then the Bible, the Bible said God began to do something they was all amazed by. With an east wind, he began to part the Red Sea. And the Bible said he dried up the ground and they began to walk down into that thing. And when they looked up, there was a wall of water on both sides. I'll tell you right now, the voice of God can do anything. How we read there in the book of Joshua, how when he was fighting against the enemy, how the Bible said he was running out of daylight and he asked God, 
God for a little more time. And the Bible said God held the sun back for a while while he continued destroying the enemy. I'll tell you right now, that's a voice of power today. Amen. Amen. He can do anything. Aren't you glad that you know that voice? Oh, so many times we pray awful small prayers to an awful big God. I believe we ought to be a little more careful about preaching and reading and sharing and praying bigger things, bigger, bigger things, because we've got a big God today. You say, preacher, does he really control creation? Yeah, I remember the Bible tells us there of a story in the book of Mark, I believe it is, where the storm had had its way with the disciples and Jesus was asleep in the front of the boat and they woke him up and said, Master, do you not care that we're going to perish? And the Bible said he stepped out on the bow of that thing. I'll tell you right now, I like to know that when my God speaks, something's going to happen. Amen. There's been a many a time that he stepped out on my ship and he said, peace, be still. That's all he said. Three little words. Amen. The disciples stood there amazed that even the winds and the waves obey him. Let me tell you something. They still obey him. They ain't a wind. There ain't a wave. Every one of them still obey my God. I'll tell you right now, if you need help today there's a voice of power that can help you what this world needs to know is that there's somebody that can make a difference I'm not serving some little statue amen that don't have don't have power no when my God speaks there's something happens Amen. The children of Israel got out there and they was thirsty after three days. They began to murmur and God told old Moses, he said, hey, he said, take that staff I give you and you go over there to that big rock. And he said, you smell that thing with that rock. And he said, they're going to water come out of it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've held several rocks in my life. I, I, I picked up some that just big enough for me to carry. I couldn't handle the bigger a rock. But there wasn't no water in it. I'll tell you that right now. You could bust it open it just grinds a gourd but I'll tell you right now when God said that there's going to be water from a rock that's what he meant he was going to prove to them that the rock of our salvation will always be water for you and I he had power then and he's got power now he ain't changed a bit it's a voice of power some of us today I think have we've quenched the spirit of God and the lacking of our faith, we just like them disciples. Everything gets upside down in our life. And what we do instead of believe God is we just fear and worry and doubt. Next thing you knew, we, no, we're blaming God. Don't you care that we pay? What a foolish statement. But every one of us has probably thought it or said it in our heart. Don't you care that I'm going through this? I'll tell you right now, the one thing the Lord promised me there is that he's going to take me through here. And I'll tell you right there ain't enough devils in hell to stop me from going to the other side. When the Lord says that you're going to go into glory, I can assure you that's what's going to happen. i tell you right now, I'm not the captain of this ship. He is. He has a voice of power today. And brother, he wants you and I to believe this voice of power, to call on this voice of power. He wants to prove to you his power. Oh, I think we live, I think we live defeated a lot of times because we never, we never tap into the power. 
And you say, where's the power, preacher? It's in him. The power's in God today. <laughs> oh, I think about all the things the Lord did in the scripture, and there's just no way to preach them all. But I thought about this. When old Jonah, God spoke to Jonah, and he told him, he said, you go to Nineveh, and he said, you preach my word. And you know the story how old Jonah decided he's going to go somewhere else. And aren't you glad the Bible said that God prepared a great fish? Now, I don't know about you, but I, it, it kind of, it, it interests me to think about God preparing a big fish. Now, in order for a man to live inside of a, of a fish, a whale's belly, they're going to have to be probably a little preparation. I suspect that there was probably a little divine preparation in that thing. There was something that, that God did in that fish, friend, that might not have ever been in any other fish before. You say, preacher, hey, was it not just a regular fish? I don't know, but I know this. God prepared a fish for him. Now, I don't know about you, but here's what I know. God can, can, he can prepare a something for me regardless of what the need is. He's the creator of all things, whether it's on land or on sea or in the firmament or on the ground. He's, he's the God of all creation today. And brother, when they threw old Jonah overboard, that old fish come right up there and swallowed. Who do you think told that fish to do that? Now, uh, uh, one thing I know about whales, they don't eat people. Right? Listen to How come? Because God prepared him. Right? God gave him a singleness of mind. And whatever was in his belly, it was able to hold a man. Because when you say, I don't believe that, I don't care whether you do or not. The Bible says it, and it's true. Amen. I'll tell you right now, there was a fish swallowed a man. That man stayed alive in the belly of that thing three days at the, heart, uh, at the bottom of the ocean. And inside of that thing, he got right with God, and he prayed to God, and God heard him in the belly of the fish, and he told the fish to get up uh, to take him to the land and to puke him out up on the shore. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in the belly of a fish, but I'm glad to know if that's what it takes, he can save me whether boat nor fish. Amen. He spit him up out. Well, he's, it's a voice of power, you see. There ain't anything God can't do. I tell you, it's amazing to me. My faith's a little. I read scriptures like what Jesus said to them. He said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, oh, that little bitty grain of a mustard seed, he said, if you had faith like that, Jesus said to them, you could say to that mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea. And I'm thinking to myself, Mm-mm, I can't do that. There ain't no way. And that just proves to me how small my faith really is. But what? The, but, but it ain't about my faith really, friend. It's about, the, it's about the greatness of his power. There's no limit to his power. He is awesome in every way. Brother, he can do exceeding above what we ever asked or think. He is a God that has power in his voice. I don't believe we utilize the voice of power very much. Very much. I was thinking about the disciples. You get into the New Testament, you read similar stories. It's just incredible. It's just over and over. You can't preach all this. But it's a voice of power. We read there when, when Jesus was, had come into Capernaum, and the Bible said those that, that received tribute, they told Peter, they said, Hey, why does your master not pay tribute? Now, tribute in that day was about 37 cents. It was a, 
a didrachm or something like that, but it, it wasn't that much money. And so Peter, he said, yeah, he pays tribute, and he just walked off from him. He walked into the house, and Jesus said, why would you tell him that? He said, what was you thinking, Peter? And anyway, the Lord asked him a few questions. And anyway, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I don't want to offend him. He said, we'll pay tribute. He said, here's what you need to do. He said, you go down there to the water. And he said, you cast in your hook. And you may have noticed, he said, never said nothing about bait. <laughs> oh, what a powerful voice. Amen. Amen. Everybody want to go fishing with Jesus? Yes. Right? He can fish. He said, you go down there to the water, and he said, you cast in a hook. And he said, the first thing that you reel in, that you bring in, he said, when you bring it in, he said, open its mouth. He said, there will be a coin of money in it. And he said, take that coin, and you go pay tribute. Oh, Peter, he just went down there and told Dick, and sure enough, he got one, pulled her in, opened his mouth, pulled out. He pulled out a coin that was bigger than the tribute money, right? He owed 37 cents and he took him 55. I don't know about you. That's, that's small. No, that ain't. That's, that's, as big, that's as big as trying to move Chilhowee Mountain. I guarantee you, there ain't not one of us. We could try a million times to catch fish with a coin in his mouth and it ain't going to happen. See, that's a voice of power. On demand, Jesus said, just go down there and catch a fish. He said, it's carrying the money you need. Well, that's the most far-fetched thing. That's how we need to pray. God is not the least bit embarrassed by our prayers that are far-fetched and believing in a God that can do anything. The Bible said he met him one day and, and and they were out there fishing, and he was close enough on the shore. He said, hey, you got any fish? They said, no, we toiled all night, hadn't caught a thing. He said, throw your net on the other side. And I know what they're thinking. Well, all right. And they throwed the net on the other side, and then they went to trying to hold it. Amen. They had so many fish in it. They barely got it. And Peter said, he said, that's the Lord. <laughs> He went, to, he went to grabbing his coat, trying to get dressed, and jumped in the water and started swimming to him. Hey, man, you know why? Because he had recognized. He did everything he could to catch one stinking fish, and then the Lord voice piled him in a net just like that. It's a voice of power. What I'm saying tonight is I don't think we're using it. I read stories like this, and, and they are just so wondrous to my mind. And in all of them, what he is saying is, I can do that for you. I can do that for you. There is, there is no limit to what the voice of the Lord can do. The voice of power, not only is there a voice of power, but there's a voice of direction Look with us, there's a voice of direction. I, want, I, I tried my best just to keep these simple, but I remember when he came to Abram, and he said, Abram, he said, hey, I'm, I want you to leave this country that you're in, and he said, I want you to head out for a land that I'm going to give you. Now, I don't know about you, but, 
Brother, he had to be very, very persuasive with that voice in order for this man just to pack up and to leave everything behind him and to stretch stretch out in that into an unknown land and believe God. And yet the Bible said that old Abram believed God. And you know why he believed him? It was just his voice. I tell you, when God says something to you, there's a little bit of purpose in it. There is something that you can go with. There is direction in his voice. When you receive the voice of God, friend, I'll tell you right now, you'll know which way to go. Abram knew just what to do. We read about Moses on the backside of the desert keeping watch over his father-in-law's sheep. The Bible said he was out there and he looked over and saw a bush on fire. Amen. He said, but the bush never burned up. It just kept burning and kept on burning. And old Moses, he got a little closer to it. And the Bible said when he got close, the Bible said it, there was something spoke out of that bush. Something spoke out of the burning bush. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard the voice of God before. But I'll tell you right now, when it spoke to Moses, it was something, friend, that was holy. And it spoke to him, said, take your shoes off. This is holy ground you're on. Let me tell you something. I believe the voice of God is holy. I believe, friend, it is something precious. And every time that you're in the presence of God and you hear the voice of God, you ought to just thank God. You ought to spiritually take your shoes off and just get right with God. What a glorious thing to be in the presence of God and to hear his voice. You say, preacher, how do I hear his voice? Well, I done told you Genesis 1 through Revelations 22 is the voice of God. And brother, he's able to, with that voice, he's able to save you. He's able to keep you. He's able to give you understanding in all wisdom and knowledge. Brother, the voice of God has direction today. Oh, what direction. Moses heard from the voice of God. God told him out of the, out of the, vo- out of the burning bush. He said, you go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Any questions? No, I know just exactly what to do. He, his voice had purpose. I love it when the voice of God speaks. You know what? There's a lot of times that I don't know which way to go, but boy, when he speaks, that helps it, don't it? That just settles everything else. Our heart begins to calm down. Our mind quits racing and worrying when we just realize, friend, that when when God speaks, there is a purpose in his voice. There is a direction in his voice. You remember when when the Bible said old Joshua got down there and he'd sent them men into Ai and they got whipped and came back. 36 of them dead and old Joshua hit his face and he's a crying out unto God oh I love this part the Bible said oh, God began to speak to Joshua I ain't, I'm gonna make it short he basically told him he said hey you got sin in the camp ain't it good to know he knows when there's sin in the camp ain't it wonderful to know that when you're on your knees of praying that the God of heaven can whisper in your ear and give you some purpose he can give you some direction what you didn't know before you can know now the God of heaven knows everything he is omniscient and all powerful and brother when he speaks there's direction in his voice Amen. yeah he told Joshua just what to do Joshua did it as a little boy that was given to a priest one time the Bible said he was laying in the bed one night and he heard something and somebody said Samuel He heard that voice. He jumped up. He didn't know who it was just yet. He jumped up and he ran in there and he told old Eli, he said, you called for me? He said, I didn't call, son. Go back and lay down. He went back in there and laid down. 
Next thing you know, he heard his name called Samuel. He jumped up and ran back in there to Eli. He said, you called me? He said, no, son, I didn't call you. He said, go back and lay down. That third time, he laid down there. The Bible said he called him again. Samuel, he ran in there. He said, Eli, he told, oh, Eli told him, perceived it was the Lord then. He said, you go back and lay down. He said, the next time he calls you, you just say, here I am, Lord. Hey, let me give you some advice. You say, preacher, I'm a little confused about this whole voice thing. Here's what I can tell you. If you'll just go back, when you hear it next time, if you'll just say, here I am, Lord. Let me tell you something. There'll conversation begin in your heart, brother, that you'll receive information you didn't have before and you'll leave there with purpose and direction in your heart because it is a voice of purpose. God ain't talking just to hear himself speak. There's a reason for his voice. There's a reason for him speaking. Oh, you think about some of these things. The Bible's filled with these, but I, I, I thought about old Elijah Amen. He had done run from Jezebel. And there he was. He'd climbed plumb to the top of Horeb. He got on top of that mountain. And the Bible said that God sent a wind. But the Bible said God wasn't in the wind. And then God sent a fire. But it said God wasn't in the fire. And then it said God sent an earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Now all the while, he made old Elijah stand out the edge of that big top of that mountain looking off into that vast expanse. And all the while, Elijah had to stand there and watch the creation of God uh, uh, just follow his will as he sent that wind, a wind so strong that it broke rocks in pieces. I don't, I don't even know how you do that. But, but a, sin, a wind so strong that it broke and rent the rocks in pieces. A fire that just burnt and consumed everything in its path. An earthquake that just shook the whole mountain. And there was old Elijah standing on the top of Horeb watching all of these things. But what he realized in that moment was that God ain't in any of those things. God ain't in any of those things. I'll tell you right now, you better be glad that God don't live in the wind. God don't live in the fire. God don't live in an earthquake. No, I'll tell you where he does live he told Elijah he said now you go back in the cave and Elijah did something he hadn't done before he took that old mantle and he wrapped it around his head and he went you know what I believe he's expecting to find out what wasn't in the wind what wasn't in the fire what wasn't in the earthquake he got back in that cave and the Bible said there's a still small voice I bet he was thinking, God, he had that mantle. Because when it spoke, he knowed his own then. God wasn't in those other things. Do you know a lot of times we're looking for God and stuff he ain't in? We're looking, for, we're looking for the voice of God and stuff that he never said he'd be in. But I'll tell you right now, for the child of God... If you'll crawl off in your prayer cave, if you'll get in that place where you can get quiet with God and you'll go listening real good, I'll tell you right now, the voice of direction will start speaking in your life. We could have testimonies tonight. I guarantee you, take us all the way into tomorrow about people that hadn't known which way to go. But then God spoke to them and they did what God said and they found out that God was right again and again. God's voice is a voice of direction today. Oh, what a voice. He spoke to me. You say, preacher, I'm just going, I'm going to try to hurry, so I'm going to preach none of them other ones. 
Let me tell you what he did to me one day. At nine year old, there's a little boy. Got drugged to church that night. Amen. I didn't necessarily want to be here. But I did not want to be here. Amen. I was indifferent to the whole deal. And they let me sit on the back, Rodney. Amen. Mind my own business. But then, but then, then somebody spoke to me. Oh, my, my life got turned upside down just like that. I'm telling you, the very minute that he spoke, my world turned upside down. I'll tell you, in the voice of God in that very instant, I realized for all eternity and for sure that there was a hell and I was headed for it. <laughs> what a voice. He didn't have to console me. He didn't have to coach me. Amen. There wasn't no saint of God beside me. There wasn't no Romans road being showed to me. All I had <laughs> was a voice that was speaking to my you know how I got saved. God spoke to me. Well, <laughs> oh, I got lost so fast. I got lost so bad. I got lost so miserable that I started to tremble and weep. <laughs> I sat there for just a minute and I realized I wasn't about to die this way. Amen. And that same voice that had convinced me of my sin, that same voice that had brought me to a place that I realized I was lost, it began to tell me how to get saved. I didn't... I just love remembering this, don't you? Amen. It might be just mine, but I like telling it. Amen. He spoke to me. I'll tell you right now. I, I went around the back of the church, slipped in about the fourth or fifth beach, got right up beside my mother. I was looking straight ahead, them tears just flowing down off my face. She happened to look down. Saw, she said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm lost and I need to be saved. She didn't open up the Bible. She didn't begin to try to tell me she just got out of the way and said well you can't get saved here you're going to have to go to him I'm glad friend there's a voice when no other voice can reason with your soul there's one that can speak right down into the heart of you and make you know his purpose I left that day a new creature I left that day with direction for my life the voice of direction, the voice of purpose. That's the problem with some people today. They've never heard the voice of God the first time. The reason they can't stay on track for God, the reason they have no purpose that is, that is spiritual driven in their life is because they've never heard the voice of power or the voice of direction. They've never, they've never been born again. Thank God for the day. That I got saved. But let me tell you about another day. And then I'm going to move on. I remember it was, uh, it was in October. They was having a revival here at the church. I'd been married a year or two. And, and uh, had been faithful to God. It's about 1987. I got married in 85. And, and we'd been faithful to God. And, and I was sitting right there where, where uh, Monique was sitting. And there's revival going on. I was in school. Or in, at UT, and, and, I, I, and, and all day long, my soul had been troubled, and I couldn't figure out why. 
And I'd say, God, I don't know what you're trying to do, but I, I don't understand what it is. But whatever it is, I want rid of it. I don't want to, I don't want to have nothing between me and you. Boy, I'd prayed all day. I just sought God all day. We finally got to meeting that night. And I was sitting there. Gardner Tipton was preaching the revival. My papa's brother, he was preaching the revival. I'll never forget him that night preaching. I don't necessarily remember exactly what he preached. My soul was in such anguish, and I didn't know why. But I remember him folding his hands over that big belly. And when he'd come down through here, he was a preaching to the heavens. And brother, I was hearing it. And but. But boy, when it come time for the altar call, he gave an altar call, but there was something in my heart and it was just wearing me out and I didn't know what it was. I'm honest to God, had no idea what it was. And I just jumped up from there and I run to that altar and I fell down. I said, God, I don't know what I've done, but whatever it is, I want you to forgive me and I want you to clean me. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, that ain't why you're here. He said, you're going to have to preach my word. And boy, I really started praying then. I said, no, no, that can't be right. You've made a mistake. That can't be right. You've picked the wrong person. You can't be right. I'm telling you right now, I can't do nothing when the Spirit of God hits me but cry. It's been that way all my life. I don't know nothing but to snot and cry when the Holy Ghost comes. I said, God, you've made a mistake. This is wrong. It can't be right. And you know what the voice kept saying? You're going to have to preach it. After about 45 minutes of trying to negotiate, I figured out he didn't compromise. He didn't care what I thought. No, his voice had purpose. And that purpose he intended for me to get that night. I finally said, God, I don't even know if he he accepts bargains. This wasn't a bargain. I was just bagging him. I said, God, I said, if you'll promise me. I remember, I said, said, God, if you'll promise me that you'll be with me, I'll do my best. (laughs) Oh, God, I left that night different. I ain't never been the same because <laughs> he put a calling on me that I can't wash off. There is nothing in this world that satisfies my soul but this. <laughs> because his voice, Rodney, said it. And it it put the calling in me and the direction. I can't change that course. I can't undo what God did. But I'll tell you, I left that night with a different purpose. It's a voice of purpose. Not only is it a voice of power and a voice of purpose, but it's a voice of peace. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Let me read you just a few. John 14, 27, he said, Peace 
<laughs> this is his voice, by the way. It's the red letter words in John 14. He said, peace, I leave with you. Don't you love that? The master of all things said, peace, I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. No, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Mark 4, verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, he said unto the creation, peace. It's a voice of peace. I remember when he got over there to the land of the Gadareans and old legion met him, possessed with all them devils, naked, scars all over him, probably bleeding at the time. He ran there and fell down at the feet of Jesus. A man that was so tormented, he'd never had a moment's rest. He never had a, he never had a second peace. And yet that day, God cast them demons out of him. The Lord cast those demons out of him. And when they come back from the city, they found old legion sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was clothed and he was in his right mind. You talking about sleeping that night. Because the voice of peace had come to him. Peace, I leave with you. He told the storm, peace be still. But listen in Mark chapter number five. He said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You remember the woman that had the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd. And when Jesus passed, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. And she touched him and immediately she felt the issue of her blood dry up. She felt the healing go through her body. As she sat there in amazement, Jesus had stopped knowing somebody had touched him. He told his disciples, he said, who touched me? They said, Lord, the master throngs you. How can you say who touched me? He said, somebody touched me. He said, for I perceive that virtue. (laughs) He said, virtue has just gone out. Oh, Lord, how many times have I just touched him and felt the power of his peace? <laughs> he, glory to God, it's a voice of peace. He come over there and she told him all that had happened. I love what he said. He said, daughter, he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. But listen to what he said. He said, go in peace. Go in peace. I started looking up how many times the phrase go in peace is in the New Testament. You can't preach all of them in one setting. Amen. Even the disciples, when they would pin, they would, they would give a salutation in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know why? Because I'll tell you right now, when his voice speaks, everything else just calms down. Huh? You ever had those days when it seemed like everything was on fire? Everything was upside down. You didn't know whether you was coming or going. You was just crying out to God for help. And then all of a sudden, like a wind, it just kind of comes through. And the voice of God speaks just one word. It speaks just one song. It speaks just one scripture. And suddenly, everything else just calms down. You look around wondering, where'd it all go? And then you say, the voice of peace is here. 
You know why I love coming to this place? I love coming here on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, anywhere I can go where the people of God are gathered. You say it because the voice of peace will always show up. Oh, I love his peace. I pity them poor folks that can't sleep at night because their mind won't shut down for the conscience on fire. Their soul not right with God, their eternity in question and hell coming up on them. I couldn't sleep either if it was like that. But there was a day, there was a day that he whispered sweet peace to me. (laughs) He whispered sweet peace to me. Luke chapter number 24. I read this one to you just a second ago. And as they thus spake. Now this is when the, those two old boys from Emmaus. Now they just went seven and a half miles all the way back to Emmaus. Jesus broke the bread. They recognized it was him. He took off. And the very thing they said first was, Did not our heart burn within us as he Spoke. Spoke. There was something about him. <laughs> Do you know, you, anybody got a Bible tonight? Huh? I see yours. I see yours and I see yours. Do you know that speaks? That is the voice of God. Do you know that the voice of God trumps every other voice? Every other voice is a liar compared to God. And I got a book full of it. What a treasure. What a treasure. I'll tell you right now, ain't nothing I got more valuable than that book. You know what I'm talking about? I hope you do. Oh, peace in the book. Because the book is the worst. It ain't no wonder I'm trying to quit. Bible said when when they'd finally got them walls built in Jerusalem Nehemiah told Ezra the priest he said it's time he said we got the walls built the gates are up and they're locked he said what these people need more than they need protections they need the word of God and they set in the building right in the middle of the city they set in the building a pulpit <laughs> they built it high they built that old pulpit way up there so that all the people from the city could see. You know what they did? They elevated the word. That's the reason I still believe in pulpits. Amen. Not because I want to be on one, but because this right here is above you. It will always be above you. It will always be true, and we're not. But I'll tell you right now, everything we ought to do is to exalt this book right here. We need to stand on it. Though the crowd gets small, we need to stand on it. Though the world forsake and hate us, we need to stand on whatever the book says, we need to stand on it. The Bible said that finally got everything ready. Oh, Ezra had the book. Ezra had the book. There's only one available. There's only one there. Ezra had it. They finally got it ready. The Bible said they set the date that morning. Everybody gathered. And the Bible said in one voice they cried out. They said, bring the book. I'll tell you right now, there's a voice of peace in that book. 
It's a voice of power, and it's a voice of purpose, and it's a voice of peace. I'm going to give one illustration, and I'm going to finish. I've got one more thing. I remember when little John Blevins was passing. It was on a holiday. I just don't remember which one, maybe Memorial Day or July 4th, Labor Day or something like that. And we were, we were all over at Mamaw's house. They were still alive. They still lived there. And uh, we were all over there, and, and I got word. I was the pastor here then, and uh, they, they called and got word to me that, that he, was, he was near gone. He was near passing. They asked me to come. So I, I, there was another fellow there, and I asked him, I said, you want to go with me? He said, yes. So we went. He lived right up the corner of Six Mile Church, Jericho Road there in that little white house. That's where he lived, back bedroom on the left. We went back in there. And I seen him, he's a little frail old man. And, and he's just eat up with cancer and he's in just his last moments and, and his body was just heaving and his arms are flailing and he was trying to get breath and, and, and there was just that fight, that struggle. And it was so pitiful. And I had no idea what to do. I had no idea what to do. But here's what I did. <laughs> I had the book. I didn't say a word. I took that book and I opened it up. And there was Psalms 23. And I started reading. I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. By the time I got to restoreth my soul, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, his arms laid down. I kept on reading. About the last verse where it said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He was just calm. His breathing was normal. And he looked like, his eyes was closed, but he looked like he was just asleep. Just as pleasant. I read it again. And I read it again. And I I just kept on reading. (laughs) You know why? (laughs) Because when I seen the voice of peace at work that first round, I figured it can't do nothing but help. I just kept on reading it. I guess we read the 23rd Psalm for 30 or 40 minutes. He was at perfect perfect rest. I finally closed the Bible up. I looked over at that other fellow, his eyes that big around. He said, I ain't never seen nothing like I told his wife, I said, we're going to run town, get you some food. We'll be right back. Time we went to town, came back, he's gone. <laughs> don't tell me, don't tell me his voice ain't peace. I've seen it. I've experienced it. You want peace tonight? It's in his voice. Lastly, it's a voice of triumph. Let me give you two things the Bible tells us clearly that's going to happen in the future concerning the voice of God. The first one is concerning the rapture of his church, the bride. First Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shower. You know, he's going, he's going to speak again. And when he speaks that time, in that voice, 
everything will change as we know it. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Look with me at one more. Revelations 21, verse number 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. The voice. The voice of God. Vicki, if you would, come get a song. The voice of God was in Genesis chapter number 1. And you'll find that throughout all of the books of the Bible, except Esther. Esther is the only uh, only book that doesn't mention God, but it's all about the providence of God. You'll find that the voice of God has been exhibited, shown clearly what it can do. We've seen its power. We've seen its purpose. We've seen its peace. And brother, one day we're going to see its triumph. We're going to hear the voice of God for one last time until we stand before him in his presence. The world has grown so indifferent. He told Isaiah in chapter 59, he said, my ear ain't too heavy that I can't hear. He said, my arm's not too short that I can't still reach down. No, he said, the problem with with the people is that their sins have separated them from me. It's not that God can't hear us. The problem is we don't hear God. His voice is still being preached. Uh, you, You people are here tonight for that purpose. You came to hear God speak. I hope you didn't come to hear me. Change your prayer if you did. What we need is God to speak. Because when we get the voice of God, it helps us. It helps us. There's something that, that fixes what's wrong in us. And I'm glad that I can come into the house of God and somebody's going to preach to me. Somebody's going to bring the book and declare what doth say the Lord. And that'll help us. But it ain't just in these moments, the corporate times of worship that we experience the voice of God. I'm encouraging you today to find him at home. God ain't here. He's with you. Find that place where you can get still long enough for the voice of God to begin speaking to you there. Tell you right now, if you ever get used to God speaking in private, you'll get addicted to that business. That's good. I mean, when it's just you and God, that's good. Right? Because, I mean, you can be in your pajamas and it's good. God's voice changes us. We need to be attuned and listening for the voice of God in the testimonies and the songs in the preaching, in the prayers. The voice of God can be anywhere that truth is and that hearts are right 
that we're being obedient to God and the Holy Spirit is moving and working and doing and all of these things, God is trying to speak. Hear him as we stand and sing. Hear him tonight. You know tonight if there's a need in your own heart. Listen to the voice of God. Whatever it's trying to do, whether it's power, purpose, doesn't make any difference if it's just peace. Obey the voice of God tonight. And let's get right with God. If you're here, would you come as we sing?